Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Starting a new series today. It's entitled Off the Grid. Uh, I believe it's going to be a powerful series. It's for three weeks, and it really ties in with our whole direction of prayer and fasting. And most of you know the term off the grid. It really means that you're disconnecting yourself from, you know, when people go off the grid, if you've ever watched the program, you go off the grid, they're disconnecting themselves from the public utilities. They're disconnecting themselves. In fact, some take it to this extreme where they, you know, they actually raise their own produce. They, they have their own animals. And they're really getting off the grid. They're really separating away from the craziness of this world. And, and there's times I've thought about that. But, no, i got this church to pastor. And I love this church. So I'm not going to do that. And, uh, but they're becoming less dependent on outside resources. And sometimes you and me in our life, we need to set aside time to get off the grid so that we can be more spiritually focused with God. We live in a culture where we really are never disconnected. I mean, you're never disconnected. If you have an iPhone or a smartphone, you're always connected. You always have social media. You always have texts. You always have emails. There's always something that is bombarding your mind. And I find myself at times, I don't know if you do, that all of a sudden we don't have any time to spend with Jesus. Sometimes in our life we just need to set aside time, get off the grid, and be more spiritually focused. As we enter into the new year, We are encouraging everyone here at South Coast Christian to take time over the next three weeks and get off the grid. Meaning discover time where you can get alone with God. Specifically what we want you to do is spend time in prayer and fasting. And we're encouraging the church to do a Daniel fast. But you can do another fast if you prefer. A Daniel fast is something that Daniel did in his life. It was a 21-day fast where he ate no pleasurable food and he spent time in relationship with God. Uh, You could be Fasting, choosing to fast a meal a day if you wanted to do it that way. And that, but don't skip a meal that you always skip. Like if you don't eat breakfast, don't fast breakfast. That's just, don't, that doesn't work that way. Make a sacrifice. Sacrifice something in your life. For some of the youth, sometimes they'll sacrifice social media or, or gaming or, or for older people, maybe TV or whatever it might be. But I really, really want everybody this year to do something along the line of food. I want us to sacrifice something in our, in our lives that's going to really struggle in our flesh a little bit. I'm going to tell you why. It's choosing to intentionally restrain yourself from some of the pleasures or activities of life so that you can be more centrally focused on your relationship with Jesus. I kind of think about it like a family vacation. How many of you have ever taken a family vacation? Yeah. You get away for, like my wife and I, we usually like to take, when our kids were growing up, we take one vacation a year. It was a seven-day to 14-day seven to vacation. And then we would try to get a, away on our own for three or four or five days as well. And, and we would take family vacations. And, and they were something important to our family because we knew that we were going to be able to spend quality time together. No distractions, but quality time together. This year, it was interesting. Jonathan and Melissa went on vacation. They went back to Branson, Missouri. And Melissa came to me and said, Pastor Tom, can you talk to my husband? Can he shut his phone off? Because he's given his phone number out to everybody in the church and in the school. And everybody contacts him. And I said, absolutely. And so we made him get off the grid when he was on vacation so that he could spend quality time with his family. And I think all of us would agree, 
Spending quality time with our family is good, right? Guess what? Spending quality time with Jesus is just as important. And it's not always easy. When you go on vacation, it's not easy. Sometimes you have responsibilities, you have priorities, and you have to lay those things aside to take the time to spend vacation. Well, guess what? We're choosing over the next 21 days to lay aside a meal, to lay aside some food. And guess what? We're going to crucify our flesh, meaning we're going to sustain from certain things so that we can have a greater focus on Christ. Some of you, maybe for the very first time you're watching us online, you've never really heard a lot about what prayer and fasting is all about. This is kind of a new concept. Maybe your previous church really didn't highlight that area about what is fasting. You go, why should I fast, Pastor Tom? Because it's a biblical principle that is found throughout the Bible. The Bible has many examples of people who fasted, who took time to pray and fast. And here are just a few. Moses fasted, prayed. David fasted, prayed. Elijah, Ezra, Ezra. Esther, Daniel, that's one of the fasts that we're encouraging for people to take on. The people of Nineveh, which we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes. The nation of Israel, all spent time in, in times of fasting and prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus said, says these words. He says, when you fast, and it's interesting, I'm not going to read the entire scripture, I just want to focus on that. When you fast, it doesn't, it's interesting, it doesn't say if you fast. When you fast, there's an expectation in our relationship with God that there will be times in our lives where we choose to fast. Fasting is not just for pastors or for spiritual leaders. Many think that's what it's for. No, it's for everyone. You know, your fasting is not going to change God because God doesn't change. Your fasting and prayer time is going to change you. So why wouldn't you want to embrace that time of fasting and prayer? Prayer and fasting is an opportunity to recalibrate and narrow your focus. It helps us to hear and see God's direction for our lives. One of my all-time favorite movies is The Patriot. Anybody out there seen The Patriot before? The movie with Mel Gibson. I love that movie. I know I have a problem. I, have, I love those movies that shoot them up, bang them up type of movies. But there's a, there's a line in there. One of my favorite lines in that movie happens towards the beginning of the movie. And if you don't know the movie, it's the British are coming and, and they're... They're taking over. It's a revolutionary war, and they're taking over, and, and the British had burned down Mel Gibson's house, and, and they, they took his oldest son, and, and they, they took him away, and they were going to kill him, and all of a sudden, Mel Gibson goes up, he runs, and gets these old rifles, you know, uh, pre-Civil War rifles. He gets them down, and he takes his two boys, and he hands them each a rifle, and off they go, and they start running, and they're going to go rescue the eldest son. When they get out in the woods there, they're waiting for the British to come by, and he gives each boy one of his right, one of the rifles, and he gets them positioned in a place, and he tells his boys, aim small, miss small. What have I told you, boys? Aim small, miss small. And so when the British come, they're able to wipe out the forces there and get the eldest son back. But it reminded me of that statement about aiming small and missing small. It's about sharpening our focus. You see, sometimes when we pray, we have a tendency just to give out casual prayers. General prayers. That's what Mel Gibson would say. Don't just shoot out, just try to shoot out in the general area. 
Aim small, miss small. Sometimes in our prayers, we need to be more specific. We need to align and refocus, recalibrate our prayers so they align up with God's will. Because when we align up in God's will, guess what will take place in our life? Our prayers will be answered. That's according to Scripture. If we pray according to God's will, guess what takes place in our life? Prayers begin to be answered in our life. See, fasting can help refocus your prayers to take on greater meaning and direction. Helps us to realign our lives. We just finished a season where probably most of us all ate way too much food. In the American culture, food is not about necessity. Food is about pleasure. I had a lot of pleasure over the last two or three weeks. I really did. I had some great food. We, most of us probably indulge in some pleasure of food. But fasting is an opportunity to discipline our flesh. Or as the Bible states, to crucify the flesh. Many times what we allow to happen in our life, we are led by our flesh instead of being led by the Spirit. Fasting food is a discipline. When we join it with prayer, we can become powerful. It's a powerful way where we can realign our focus back to God. It's a way to demonstrate our loyalty and our commitment to God. And over the next three weeks, I'll be sharing stories and thoughts about fasting and prayer. It's designed to help us grow in our relationship with God. So let's get off the grid. That's the title of our new series. And let's spend some time with Jesus. Today I want to share with you two stories. They're short stories, powerful stories about fasting and prayer. One story involves repenting and the other story involves overcoming temptation. I share these stories because if we apply these truths to our lives, we will live a more godly life than ever before. The first story happened in the Old Testament. It's the story of the prophet Jonah, who God sent to Nineveh. Many of you know this story, some of you might not. But you can read the story for yourself. It's not a long book. The whole book of Jonah is four chapters. So you can go home this afternoon and read it literally in ten minutes. But let me give you a quick recap. Jonah was sent to Nineveh because the city had become so wicked that God was threatening to wipe that city off the face of the earth. Yet in God's mercy, he wanted to give the, the people of Nineveh an opportunity to repent so that he could give them mercy. Listen to what God's declaration was to Jonah in Jonah chapter 1, verse 2. He says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Great city of Nineveh. It was a big city. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked the people are. Now, little insight. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh. They were godless people. He did not want to see God give them mercy. He didn't want them. He wanted to see them be destroyed. So instead of obeying God, instead of going to Nineveh, all of a sudden Jonah goes down to the docks. He sets sail on a ship to Tarshish instead, going the opposite direction. But as you know in the story, eventually Jonah gets on the right track with the help of a very big fish. And Jonah goes down to Nineveh. And he preaches a message of repentance to the Ninevites. If you don't repent, guess what? God's going to destroy the city. He obeyed God. But the one of the things that we got to catch is that Jonah obeyed God really un- out of pr- under protest. Because he still didn't really want to see the people of Nineveh be saved. It's a very interesting story. Because when it's all said and done, 
God is dealing with a prophet who had a rebellious spirit against God. But then he's dealing with a wicked people who choose to have a humble spirit and repent of their ways. In both parts of this story, the story of the prophet Jonah and the story of the wicked people, God was being merciful to both. It's really a remarkable story. In the end, the people of Nineveh were spared. And Jonah, if you read the last chapter of chapter 4, you discover that Jonah is sitting by a bush that God had made, but then he made it crumble and fall apart. And now Jonah is just sitting in the sun being scorched by the heat, pouting because Nineveh was saved. And that's all we know about Jonah. We don't know what goes, someday I want to get to heaven and find out what happened to the rest of Jonah's life. But it's a remarkable story. But what I want to highlight today with you is the repentance of the people. Jonah went through the city of Nineveh announcing God's message that in 40 days, God was going to destroy the city. Listen to how the people responded to the message. Verse 5 of Jonah chapter 3. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and they put on burlap to show their sorrow. And then skipping down to verse 7. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the entire city. No one, not even the animals, from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. Everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. And now I want you to look at how God responds to the the people of Nineveh. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. I share this because something powerful happens when we take the time and we repent before God. God, true God repentance. The people of Nineveh displayed their true sorrow by fasting and asking for God's forgiveness. But for the repentance to be effective, I need you to catch this. If there's anything in this message, there's probably two things. This is one of them I need you to catch today. Listen to everything, though, online. Make sure you know. But catch this thought. For repentance to be effective, it must go beyond sorrow. It must include change. You see, the king himself fasted and prayed and declared that the violence and the evil must stop. The entire city came into unity and in agreement with one another, and they spent a time of prayer and fasting. It brought them to a time of repentance and change. They gang together, and they say, we got to stop our evil ways. We have to change the directions of our lives. There are times in our life where we might find ourselves going down a road, and we're going like, how did I get there? How in the world all of a sudden am I going down this road? I didn't have this plan. What in the world took place? Most likely what happened is we're following our flesh instead of the Spirit of God. There are times in our life when we find ourselves in the wrong directions, the direction that we never intended for our life, that we need to make a change. Because it's what we do in those times of life that makes the difference for our future, the future for our kids, the future for our grandkids, the future for your great-grandkids. For the city of Nineveh, they made a choice. They, they had to make a choice, and they were willing to repent and change. Because otherwise, the other option was they were going to head the same direction down a road of destruction. They made the, the, cha- the choice to change, 
And God's response was one of mercy. Listen to how Jonah responds to God. Now remember what I told you. Was Jonah happy about God giving forgiveness to the city, the, the people of Nineveh? No, not at all. He was not happy. So we're going to read a passage of scripture in Jonah chapter 4, which is really a response of Jonah's anger against God. But in his response of his anger against God, he declares the truth of who God is. Listen to this. Jonah chapter 4 verse 2. Jonah speaking to God. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. God's word's going to get out no matter what. I share this verse with you because we serve a God whose attributes, whose qualities do not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God who showed mercy and compassion to the people of Nineveh is the same God who is ready and willing to show you mercy and compassion to you today. It's a reminder for all of us. If you're living in sin, it's time to make a change. I'm speaking to you online. If you find yourself continually living in sin, you're struggling. It's not that we don't make mistakes once in a while, but you're living in sin. You're wondering, what's going wrong with my life? Guess what? It's time to make a choice and to make a change and follow after God. There's times where we just need to get off the grid. We just need to spend time with God. We need to get focused and get undistracted by the pleasures of this life. We have pleasures after pleasures after pleasures after pleasures in this life. And there's nothing wrong with the pleasures. There's so many things that's okay. But man, if pleasures distract you from following after Jesus, it's time to go on a 21-day fast, get off the grid, and spend some time with Jesus. Fasting and praying can be a time of repentance. It can be an opportunity to redirect your life and do things that are pleasing to God. Many times we can walk away from God's favor. It's not that God has left us, but it's that we have abandoned God. He is patiently waiting for you to make the change necessary to once again to make him priority of your life. One of my favorite verses in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth. In order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Get the mental picture of that. The eyes of God are literally searching the earth. Searching for those who are committed to him. And it says in the Bible that he will strengthen you. But so many times we miss this simple truth. You're never going to get the strength until you're committed to him. You're never going to get God's power until your willingness to be able to commit to God 100% of your life. Choosing to follow after him. It parallels the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. During the next 21 days, let's spend time searching those areas in our life that need to change. What area of your life that you've just gotten a little bit relaxed in 
that you allowed the enemy just to kind of take a little bit more, too much control in that area, where you know that it's just not been given to God, that all of a sudden you have everything, 98%, oh, and there's this 2% over here that you have left disconnected from God. You see, God wants all of you, not part of you. He wants every single part of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He does. He will, he will, he will, he will flush you clean with his blood. And when I say that, you go, what, Pastor Tom? When he sacrificed on that cross, as Pastor Brett shared earlier, by faith, his blood cleanses you from all sin. The second story that I want to share with you today is the story of overcoming temptation. Repentance is the first step of overcoming failure or sin. The second step is over to overcome the temptation of sin. If any of you have ever struggled with it, just repeating the same sin over and over and over again, if you're watching us online and you're going, Pastor Tom, man, you, how do you know? Are you listening to my conversation right now? How do you know what's happening in my life? And if any of you, guess how I know? Because we all have had that problem in our life. We all step into that all, at, at different times, all the time. We repeat the same sin over and over. How do I break, how do I overcome the temptation of sin? Many times we forget that the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, but yet without sin. You can find the account of Jesus' temptation, which is our second story that I want to highlight today. It's found in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Really, Matthew and Luke give us the most information. The Bible states that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. During his fast, Jesus was tempted by the devil himself. It was an extreme time of testing for Jesus. This happened right after Jesus was baptized in the water by, by John the Baptist. He came out of the water. Uh, God declared about the, the, the holiness of his son. And then immediately it says that the spirit of the Lord led Jesus. Let me read it to you. Mark chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. The spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. And I encourage you to read the different temptations found in Matthew and Luke because so many times those temptations are parallel to the temptations that we face in our life. And you will discover there's different ways that you can overcome the temptations that we face. But that Greek word wilderness it can also be translated desert. And I like the word desert a little bit better than wilderness because when I think about wilderness coming from the state of Washington, I think about forests and trees and evergreens. But in really, reality, this is more of a desolate this is more of a barren place. It's more of a desert, desertly place. And throughout the Bible, the desert played a vital role in God leading his people. The children of Israel were led by the Spirit of God to wander through the desert for 40 years. Elijah was led by God to flee to the desert when being chased by Jezebel. David, guess what? He hid in the desert from King Saul who was trying to kill him. And Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted by Satan. Many times in life, catch this thought. Many times in life, we go through the desert experiences. But it's during these times that God can build our character if we allow him. The Apostle Paul talks about how suffering produces endurance. And how endurance produces character. And how character produces hope and our hope will not disappoint because God's love is with us and through the power of his Holy Spirit he can set us free and lead us on in the right direction. Jesus went into temptation time with Satan during a fasting time. 
If you've ever fasted before, you know that, man, it challenges your fleshly desires. Oh, man, when I start a fast, whoo, especially if I do a full fast, all you can think about is food for a while. You just think about it. But guess what? It's okay because what's happening in your life is that you're learning how to control your flesh so that your spirit can rise up in you. Jesus went into the temptation with Satan during a fasting time. When we challenge our flesh, it reminds us of this decision. Catch this. Are we going to rely on the strength of our flesh or are we going to rely on the strength of God? When Moses received the Ten Commandments, it was during a time of fasting. When Jesus was tested by Satan himself, it was during a time of fasting. And just as Moses received God's word during his fast, Jesus received God's word and his strength against the temptation of the enemy during his fast. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, if you remember one of the temptations, Satan came to him and said, turn this stone, these stones, and stones into bread. And Jesus responds to Satan. He says, man does not live by bread alone, Satan. Foolish guy. Meaning as followers of Jesus, we have something greater to sustain us through difficult times. And it's the power of God's spirit within us. As we fast and pray, we should be reminded that it's the word of God that will give us strength. It's the word of God that provides direction. It's the word of God that brings us out of the darkness into light. Jesus overcame the temptation of the enemy by not relying on his flesh, but by relying on the very spirit of God. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord Almighty. Overcoming temptation by God's power. Many times we try to rely on our flesh, on our own willpower, on our own strength to overcome temptation. But the Bible says that it's not by our power, but it's by God's power. It's by his word. Paul writes, for when I am weak, what? I am what does that mean? See, Paul recognized that the weakness of his flesh gave him a greater opportunity to rely on the very Spirit of God. Fasting is a way to challenge our flesh so that the reliance becomes more on God than on ourselves. It's a time to narrow our focus and hear from God. Jesus conquered the temptations of Satan during a time of fasting. It, it, if the training of our spirit to overcome the flesh by God's power. One of the things as I was preparing this message, I was starting to think about how the temptations of the enemy, how the enemy attacks us. And so many times he attacks us through our flesh. He attacks us during times of financial crisis. He attacks us during times of loneliness. It's one of the great times when the enemy all of a sudden just starts. He attacks us during times of loss. He attacks us during a time of weakness in our fleshly desire. The way we overcome temptation is not catch his thought. This is the second one I want you to catch. The way we overcome temptation is not through the strength of our flesh. It's through the strength of God. Jesus knew this when he entered into the temptation of the wilderness. Jesus didn't re rely on the power of his flesh. He relied on the spirit of God. If our spirit is weak, catch this. If our spirit is weak, then our flesh is strong. But if our spirit is strong, then our flesh is weak. I just gave you the formula of overcoming temptation in your life. I don't know if you caught it, 
but it's a great formula right there. If your spirit is strong, then your flesh becomes weak. My question to you today, what are you feeding? Are you feeding your flesh? And guess what? Your spirit's going to become weak. Are you feeding your spirit? If you're feeding your spirit, then guess what? Your flesh will become weak. Let's get off the grid. Let's spend some time with Jesus. Over the next 21 days, let's build up our spirit by the power of God. Let's take 2021 for Jesus. Let's take 2021 for Jesus. Let's take 2021 for Jesus. Let's not let the enemy steal what God's plan was for 2021. The purposes and the plans that he had designed from the beginning in time for 20. Let's make it happen by following after God's spirit. Let's fill this place with people. Let's fill the Let's have people coming down to the altars once again. Being healed by the power of God. Being transformed by the power of God. Being set free from addictions by the power of God. Being almost untransformed by the power of God. We can't live this life out of our flesh. See, I think too many Christians today are trying to walk with God in their flesh. And they're doing it, and they're trying to, they're, tr- they're doing their best, they're trying. But man, woof, oh, why did I do that? Oof, oh, why did, and they just keep getting hit. You know, have you seen those rock and sock them, you know, those, they just keep getting hit every direction. They, by the time they go to bed at night, they're just so beat up and exhausted, it's like crazy. Stop walking in your flesh. But you can never walk in the spirit if you've never fed your spirit anything good. 21 days. Get off the grid with me, South Coast Christian. Let's make a difference in the lives, our life first, and then let's go make a difference in the lives of others. Amen. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you. It is powerful. It is effective. It changes lives. The word is literally your spirit within us, Lord God, speaking to us. We've, get, we've gotten your written word, your holy word, Lord God. Lord, I pray as we commit over the next 21 days. I pray, God, for every person here today and for every person watching online that really want to see a change in their life. I pray, God, that they will step out in faith. They'll say, yeah, Pastor Tom, I'm going to commit 21 days. I'm going to give up a meal each day for 21 days. I'm going to go on to the Daniel Fest. I'm not going to have any meat. I'm I'm going to not eat all the pleasurable foods. And I'm going to take this time and spend it quality time with my Lord and Savior Jesus. I pray God as when people make that commitment just as the people of Nineveh received mercy from you, I pray we receive mercy. But more so Lord God, I pray for revelation. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for direction. I pray for people to be set free from bondage. I pray Lord God as people make this commitment Lord God there will be a life they have never discovered. And all of a sudden, Lord God, they will find your true direction for their life. I ask it, Lord God, in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. 
For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.